Um, quack, 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 quack. But it is a beautiful day that God has made, and the rain refreshes and cleanses all of creation as well as us. Um, we have some announcements, probably. Yes. Yeah, so I'm going to hand it over to Sheila, and she's going to tell you all about it. First of all, our funeral committee wants to offer a big, huge thank you to all of you that donated towards Al's funeral on Friday, either in food or in service. The family was very, very appreciative of our efforts. Um, today, as most of you are aware, we're going to have a congregational meeting after worship. We are going to take about a 30-minute break. We have leftover food from the funeral. We're going to serve a little lunch from 12 to 12.30, hoping to be back in the sanctuary at 12.30 promptly to start our meeting. Um, we ask that you don't bring food back into the uh, congregation hall here. Um, we're trying not to feed the ants, so leave the food in the gym if you would. Um, the rest of the announcements are there. Oh, also, Phyllis has some cereal left over from the food pantry this week. Please, when you're in the gym having lunch, look at the cereal and help yourself to whatever's there. And I think that's the main ones I need to point out. The rest you can read. Thank you. Please join me in the call to worship. Sing praises to the Lord, for God has done gloriously. Let us sing God's praises throughout all the earth. Shout aloud and sing for joy. From the highest peaks to the deepest caverns. Shout aloud and sing for joy. From the tiniest creatures to the greatest herds. Sing aloud and sing for joy. In the midst of our joys and our sorrows. Shout aloud and sing for joy as we come to worship the God of all creation. And please join me for our first hymn, uh, Great is Thy Faithfulness, page 140.
Please join me in our opening prayer. God who labored creation into being, we give thanks for this day and the privilege to work in your world. We pray this day for those for whom this Lord's day is not a day of rest but of toil. We pray this day for those who cannot afford to take Sabbath and for those who believe they cannot afford to take Sabbath. Grant us the strength to labor for what is right, just, and fair. Grant us the wisdom to speak out for those who are enslaved, oppressed, and exploited. Grant us the ability to break the chains of injustice and hear the voices of people long silenced. We pray this day for the privilege to work in your world. May we make it better. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our next song this morning is page 601, Thy Word. Be seated, and if you would please join aloud with me in our prayer for illumination. God of the earthquake and the silence, quiet in us any voice but your own, that by the power of the Holy Spirit we might hear, and in hearing we might believe, and in believing we might act, making way for your new creation. Amen. Our first scripture reading this morning is from Isaiah 65, verses 17 through 25, NRSV version. The glorious new creation. For I am about to create new heavens and a new earth. The former things shall not be remembered or come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I am creating. For I am about to create Jerusalem as a joy and its people as a delight. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and delight in my people. No more shall the sound of weeping be heard in it, or the cry of distress. No more shall there be in it an infant that lives but a few days, or an old person who does not live out a lifetime. For one who dies at a hundred years will be considered a youth, and one who falls short of a hundred will be considered a cure, accursed. They shall build houses and inhabit them, they shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For like the days of a tree shall the days of my people be, and my chosen shall long enjoy the work of their hands. They shall not labor in vain or build children for calamity, 
for they shall be offspring blessed by the Lord and their descendants as well. Before they call, I will answer. While they are yet speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox, but the serpent, its food shall be dust. They shall not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountains, says the Lord. The word of God for the people of God, and you say, thanks, thanks be, be to God. God. In a world filled with blessings, we celebrate our privilege and our responsibility to share those blessings. Let us celebrate the God of overwhelming blessings by continuing our worship through the offering of our tithes and gifts. If you would please join me in our doxology. God of the wolf and of the lamb, the lion and the ox, we give thanks for these gifts and pray that they might be agents of your peace. May they serve your creation as we seek your new heaven and new earth. Help us take these gifts out into a world filled with distress and calm it. Help us take these gifts out into a world filled with pain and heal it. Help us take these gifts out into a world filled with silence and speak up. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. It is now time for our youth moments. If any of our youth and children want to come up and join me right over here. Um, and remember, we are all God's children, so everyone is invited. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Are you guys awake? No. Yeah, I only had a little bit of coffee this morning. I'm very cool. Do you guys like jokes? Knock, knock. Boo. Don't cry. Knock, knock. Interrupting cow. Murr. Can I do a joke? Sure. Why did the chicken go to the playground? I don't know. To play with its friends. Because. <laughs> awesome. All right. So, do you think God has a sense of humor? No. You don't think God has a sense of humor? What about you? Do you think God has a sense of humor? Yeah, what about you? Yeah, you're good, okay. Do you think God has a sense of humor? She's thinking about it, okay. Well, I think God has a sense of humor just by looking at certain things in the world. 
Have you ever watched two squirrels playing? They're pretty silly, aren't they? Have you guys ever heard a parrot talk? Uh, nope. They can be very silly, can't they? Yeah, I've seen some parrot talking to the humans on YouTube, and there's even a silly bunch about it. Yep. And it, there's a parrot screaming in its human's ears saying, Hi, human! <laughs> There's, uh, there's a couple of videos of birds on YouTube where their owners will play music and the birds will dance along to it. And those always make me laugh. Yeah, I've always seen, I've also seen, you know, like the birds that react to like something tapping on, on the hard surface and they go. Yep. They bang their head on the side. Did you know that when penguins decide they're going to go swimming for the day. Do you know how they figure out if they're going to go that day or not? Uh, yeah. How do they do it? By, like, about it. Yeah. What they end up doing is they all crowd around to the very edge of the ice right in front of the water. And to make sure it's safe that there's no, you know, predators or things that will eat them, the first person in line gets shoved in the water. And as long as they come back up okay, the penguins go swimming that day. Then they don't go swimming that day. Yep. It's kind of silly. And see, yes, they are. See, it's that kind of stuff that makes me think that God has a sense of humor because there's all kinds of things going on in the world with animals. And then when you look at humans, well, we do silly stuff all the time, don't we? There's people who jump out of airplanes that are still working really well, and they, they go parachuting or skydiving. See, and, and so we're, people are, are silly, too. I, that's why I think God has a sense of humor. And I think the best part of that is that I think God can look at all of us and everything God's made and still smile, even when there's some bad stuff that goes on and even when, when there's bad days or... Okay, we'll come back to that. Hold on. But even when there's, you know, bad stuff going on in the world or, or people aren't doing things in a loving way, I think God can still look down and smile and, and see the joy and happiness that is, that is happening. Um, and I think God wants us to be happy. But I think God also knows that there are days where we'll be sad or we'll be angry, and that's okay too. Yeah. Like today, with all the rain, there's some people who aren't real happy because maybe they can't go outside and play because it's too wet. Or maybe they can't, yeah, or maybe they can't do something they wanted to go do. But there's a lot of other people right now who are happy because of the rain, like farmers, because the crops need water. So here's what I want you guys to do. I want you guys this week, every time something funny happens that makes you smile, and not funny like something bad happens to somebody, but funny like, you know, you see the squirrels playing or, or, or something like that. Like, sure. Um, I want you guys to take a second and say a quick little prayer thanking God for humor and for joy. Can you do that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Can you handle that? I think she's already working on it. Okay. Um, we got one more thing we got to do. Uh, before you go back and sit uh, with your folks and your, your peoples, um, we got to do the Lord's Prayer. Can you guys help me with that? You think we can do it? Because the, the adults forget the words sometimes. So can you help me? You ready? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. 
Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. You guys did an awesome job, and Miss Sheila has the basket full of suckers, so go ahead and take one. And if your uh, parental units or, or folks you're with say it's okay, you can have two. But Pastor Michael didn't say that because he doesn't want to get in trouble. All right, if the rest of you would join me in an attitude of prayer. Holy God, you bring rain forth from the heavens this day. Water is the source of life in so many ways, and it continues to refresh us and cleanse us. Lord, we know that there are many who are suffering in this world whether physically, emotionally, or mentally. We know there are those suffering with, suffering with illness or injury, with depression, with heartache, and more. God, we pray that your healing presence might envelop them. We also lift up all of those who work so hard to help heal us in this world our doctors and nurses, our surgeons, our lab technicians, our research scientists, our psychologists and psychiatrists, our social workers, and so many others. God, we thank you for all that they do. We ask that you would continue to guide their hands and efforts in healing. And we thank them for all of their sacrifice, especially during this pandemic. We lift up all of those who work to keep us safe in this world. For all of those who serve in our armed forces, our police and firefighters, our first responders, and so many others. God, we ask that you would live in their hearts and their minds, guide them in their words and actions, keep them safe and strong. And Lord, for those who are serving far away from home, we pray that they may be able to return home soon and that we might begin to see an end to conflict in this world. We also lift up our nation and every nation in this world, every place that you have created. God, we lift up and ask that you would, you would just help our leaders, whether in our governments, our schools, our churches, our businesses, any organization, we ask that you would touch their hearts and minds, that you would inspire them to work together for the betterment of all people, not just a select few. We pray especially for those places that are experiencing severe conflict and unrest, places where oppression continues, places where People, especially children, are not safe. We ask that you would help us in our daily lives to be beacons and reflections of your love and grace to the world. Help us always to see one another the way you see us as your beloved children, all equal and worthy of love and mercy and grace. 
all of this, as well as those we keep quietly upon our own hearts and minds, we lift you this day in the name of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Just as the prophet Isaiah assured God's people so many years ago, he assures us now that God is our salvation. It is because of that confidence, because of that promise, that we dare approach God with our confession. If you would please join me aloud in our prayer of confession. God of peace, we confess we are a people of fear. We have let anxiety rule our days and worry our nights. We have been distracted by nerves and focused on tension. We confess we have ignored your command to not be afraid. Forgive us, O oh God. Calm our hearts, settle our stomachs, and renew in us the ability to find our comfort in you. Amen. Please take a few moments for silent prayer and confession. prophet Isaiah assures us, God is building a new heaven and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered or come to mind. Forgiven and freed, rejoice in what the Lord is creating in you, in me, in all creation. Again, hear the good news, beloved children of God. We are forgiven by the grace and love of Jesus Christ. Amen. Please join me for the affirmation of faith. I believe in God, God the Father, Father Almighty, maker of the heavens and that exists, creator of the universe and of earth, creator of humanity and creator of love. And in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, disturber, comforter, and beacon, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit born of the Virgin Mary, and was brought into the world by extraordinary means, suffered under Pontius Pilate, and suffered great pain in incredible circumstances, and was crucified, dead, and buried. On the third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, and was given a fantastic place in history and is with us to this day. He shall come to judge the quick and the dead. To him we are accountable, in him we have an advocate. I believe in the Holy Spirit, and I believe that the living God is with us always. The Holy Universal Church and the believers all over the world who are, who are God's, God's beloved children, children, no matter their name. I believe in the communion of saints, that those who have gone before have lessons to teach. I believe in the forgiveness of sins, and that we have more than one opportunity to learn and grow. I believe in the resurrection of the body, that God is mercifully in control of human history, and will bring it to completion. And I believe in life everlasting, and that we will be in God's memory forever. Amen. Our second scripture reading is Psalms 98, NRSV version. Praise the judge of the world. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have gotten him victory. The Lord has made known his victory. He has revealed his vindication in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the victory of our God. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, to the Lord all the earth. 
Break forth into joyous song and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with the lyre, with the lyre and the sound of melody. With trumpets and the sound of the horn, make a joyful noise before the King, the Lord. Let the sea roar and all that fills it, the world and those who live in it. Let the floods clap their hands, let the hills sing together for joy at the presence of the Lord, for he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equality. The world, excuse me, the word of God for the people of God. And you say, thanks, thanks be, be to God. God. Our next hymn is page 451, Be Thou My Vision. seated and it is now my great pleasure to invite our district superintendent Reverend Luann Rourke to come up for the last scripture reading and to give a message. Good morning, all. So pleased to be with you in worship this morning. And uh, you're just getting back into this beautiful sanctuary, I understand. Hallelujah. Amen. The scripture reading this morning is from Luke chapter 21. It's verses 5 through 19. Some of the disciples were remarking about how the temple was adorned with beautiful stones and with gifts dedicated to God. But Jesus said, as for what you see here, the time will come when not one stone will be left on another. Every one of them will be thrown down. Teacher, they asked, when will these things happen and what will be the sign that they will take place? He replied, watch out that you are not deceived. For many will come in my name, claiming, I am he, and the time is near. But do not follow them. When you hear of wars and revolutions, do not be frightened. These things must happen first, but the end will not come right away. 
Then he said to them, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes, famines and pestilence in various places and fearful events and great signs from heaven. But before all this, they will lay hands on you and persecute you. They will deliver you to synagogues and prisons and you will be brought before kings and governors all on account of my name. But this will result in your being witnesses to them. But make up your mind not to worry beforehand how you will defend yourselves. For I will give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. You will be betrayed even by parents, brothers, and relatives, and they will put some of you to death. All men will hate you because of me, but not a hair of your head will perish. By standing firm, you will gain life. The word of God for the people of God. It's easy for us when we hear uh, passages from scripture like this one to kind of want to close our ears and say, oh, this is, you know, this is stuff that we don't understand or these are things we, we really don't want to hear. This kind of teaching is what biblical scholars call apocalyptic language. Now, in our cultural season, in the place where we live in America today, when we hear the word apocalypse, we might envision Marvel superheroes to show up and save the day. Or we might think of mass natural disasters or interplanetary warfare or even zombies walking through deserted neighborhoods. But in fact, the word apocalypse in scripture means something very different. It's a revelation. It's an unveiling of something hidden or previously unseen. It's a disclosure of something secret, something that's been kept hidden. To experience an apocalypse is to gain a fresh insight, to apprehend a reality that we've never really understood before. Church people have demonstrated throughout the generations a kind of fascination with what we've come to call the end times. As if we want to know when it's coming so we can shape up before we ship out, so to speak. Which I find interesting because in Matthew, Jesus says even he doesn't know when these things will occur. And he instructs us that what matters is just to keep serving him in the here and now. Throughout Jesus' ministry on earth, there are numerous times when he has to redirect his disciples. For instance, when the disciples tell parents to stop bothering Jesus by bringing their children to him. When he says to them what? Let the children Come to me, for to such as these belongs the kingdom. Or when Martha is busying herself with busy work, and Jesus tells her to just sit down and be still, to be attentive to his presence. And then there's this time, when the the disciples are admiring the beauty of the temple in Jerusalem, an awe-inspiring sight, no doubt. Huge and, and glimmering gold and beautiful stones, imposing, standing large over the surrounding area, twice as large as the Roman Forum. No wonder Jesus' followers are, are, are dazzled by their house of worship. But it seems like Jesus isn't so impressed. Instead, he responds to their admiration with a chilling prediction. As for these things that you see, the days will come when not one stone will be left upon another. In other words, Jesus and his followers are looking at the same thing, but they do not see the same thing. The disciples see an architectural marvel, 
the biggest, boldest, most unshakable, immovable symbol of God's presence that they can imagine. And indeed, these, these stones hold religious history. They, they bolster the people's identity. This is where God dwells among us. That's what the disciples see. But Jesus, he sees rubble and ruins. He sees something fragile, not something permanent. He sees change that is coming, not stasis. He sees that all must buckle and be broken down before new life and real hope can emerge. Now, who would have thought, honestly, two short years ago, that we would have endured a time like we have endured over the past year plus? Who would have thought? Think back, if you dare, to that time when it seemed like there was a new calamity on the horizon every time we turned around. Remember the murder hornets? Fires everywhere and, and disaster. Aside from the restrictions due to this public health emergency, we had to rethink race relations. We had to examine our own biases. We had to prepare for invasions and catastrophic events that always seemed to be looming on the horizon. And I'm telling you, a lot of us were pretty anxious almost all the time. Is it safe to go here? What do we need to do? What are we supposed to do? What are we allowed to do? What must we do? We had many illusions shattered. We discovered that in spite of our commonality, there were many things with the power to divide us. And that discovery was unsettling. Perhaps that's what the disciples were feeling that day as Jesus invited them to look beyond what they saw as a grand permanent structure and to see that, that God will not be domesticated, that God's saving work is not contained in this one epicenter built by human hands, that God exceeds every building, every institution, every mission statement, every strategic plan, because God is God and we are not. This is good for us to remember as we enter this post-pandemic, post-everybody-goes-to-church America. While we were not able to gather in person for worship, worship came to us in our living room on our cellular device or our computers, over the phone or in print as bulletins and other uh, manuscripts were dropped at our doors by caring people who wanted us to stay connected with our church communities. But now as restrictions on gathering are, are lifting, we are wise to take a fresh look, to get a new perspective, to seek an apocalypse regarding the church and even the phrase, go to church. What if we're able to shift our focus from going to church to just being the church? What if we allow Jesus to reveal to us the ideals that we have held, things that, that need to be shaken and brought to rubble and ruin? That can be unsettling. I know. But if we learn nothing else from watching Jesus teach and preach and heal and minister and serve and save in the gospel stories, we can't escape the truth that we see new life come only after struggle and sometimes death. What if we learned about laying down our lives and, and taking up our cross and, and walking the way of Jesus, the way that Jesus walked. Yes, the temple was the center of civil life and also religious life. The temple was the place where God dwelt among God's people. But what does scripture say? Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple? 
And God's spirit dwells where? In us. God's spirit dwells in you. If I can imagine myself in the place where the disciples were that day, walking with Jesus through Jerusalem, awed by the grandeur of the temple, listening in, in bewilderment as Jesus pops my spiritual bubbles. Here are some of the questions I might ask myself. What, what lies and illusions have I mistaken for truth? It, what are the traditions that I attempt to keep God boxed up in? What are the, the shiny religious things that, that I pin my hopes on instead of just trusting Jesus? Can I embrace a journey of faith that includes letting go of what I think is permanent and just stepping out and risking the unknown? 13th century mystic Meister Eckhart suggests that when we come to these places, we, we ought to name honestly all of the, the imposter gods, he says, that we conjure up when we find ourselves fearful, even fearful of the mystery of the one who really is. Let's admit that we, we sometimes shape gods in our own image and that they serve us as much as we serve them. These are times when we endure apocalypse so that truth will indeed set us free. Remember, apocalypse is unveiling and revelation and seeing things in a new way. Let's dare to see what Jesus sees. What does he say to us over and over again? What does the scripture say? Don't be afraid. Don't be terrified, Jesus told the disciples that day, when the earth shakes and the nations make war and imposters preach alluring gospels of fear and resentment and hatred. Don't give in to despair, Jesus says. Don't capitalize on chaos and don't neglect to bear witness because even in the middle of all these things, he says, you will have an opportunity to tell people about the faith that holds you and the faith that you hold. Don't neglect to bear witness. God is not where people often say God is. God doesn't fear monger. God doesn't sensationalize. God doesn't thrive on human dread. So Jesus says, avoid making hasty knee-jerk judgments. Be perceptive, not pious. Be imaginative, not immature. Make peace, choose hope, cultivate patience, and incarnate love as the world reels and changes. Expect things to get hard, and then expect them to get harder, and endure it when they do, knowing that God is near no matter what the world looks or feels like. Speak the truth, trusting that God's spirit is alive and present in our acts of bearing witness, whether we be inside the calm sanctuary or out in the chaotic world. Be faithful until the end because God is still always and everywhere a God of love. For me, this is the great challenge of the gospel. Not simply to bear the apocalypse, but to bear it well, to bear it with courage and calm and faith. For many of us, this has been a spiritually, emotionally, physically exhausting season. In this troubling context, even as we begin to come out of it, as things are still shaky, it's easy to despair. It's easy to just stop caring, just to let exhaustion win. But it's precisely now when the world around us feels the most unsettled that we 
ought to respond with resilience and courage and truth and unflinching witness. It is precisely now when systemic brokenness is shaking and shattering our institutions and our idols that we have to testify without fear, without shame, to the good news that is the gospel. We are not dying, but we're being born to new life, and God is our midwife, and what God will bring to life will never lead to desolation. By living into this challenging opportunity in these days, we gain much more than we lose. Words like the one Jesus spoke that day to his disciples can be disturbing. When Jesus foretells the destruction of the temple building in Jerusalem, we need to recall what replaces that structure. We are the temples of the Spirit. We are born again to living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We are born into an inheritance which is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, and unshakable. And the world needs that kind of hope today. And that's what we have to offer. That's what we have to share. So what if we could shift our focus away from all the negativity, from the what's in it for me, from this is impossible, this is too hard, from, from doubt and from division and from darkness? And what if we were to step into the new light, the new life? What if we were to set aside all that hinders and, as Scripture says, run the race with what? Perseverance. Run the race with Perseverance. What if we embrace the idea that Jesus presents us to lose our lives and gain our souls? What if we are willing to relearn what it means to live and to love and to serve and to follow Jesus for such a time as this? The possibilities shine more brightly than even the gold that covered the stones that built the temple in Jerusalem. May we embrace the possibilities today. May it be so. We have a closing song to sing that asks us to do just that, to follow where Jesus leads. So I invite you to stand and sing. You find the words on the back of your bulletin today. It's called, I Will Follow.
Beloved children of God, go out into the world in peace. Live fully. Build homes, plant vineyards, give thanks. Work for what is right. Now may the God of our salvation, our strength, and our comfort guard your hearts and minds this day and evermore. Go in peace and serve the Lord. Amen. Amen. See you in lunch in the cafeteria or in the gym. Ha <laughs> ha, you're a teacher. <laughs>